Today's scripture comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds and powers. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my flesh, my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then every one who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
You may be seated. Pentecost is one of my favorite Sundays, and uh, it's one of my favorite because uh, in, in some way, every Sunday that we have is uh, a remembrance, is a reenactment, is a, a re-enlivening of our spirit through touches with the Holy Spirit, that uh, every Sunday is an opportunity to, to dance with wind and flame. Uh, to be re-enlivened, to be healed, to, uh, to have a new breath, a new spark uh, that moves us uh, in our lives. And, and I think every pastor and probably every church member that I know um, prays that their uh, churches are just uh, caught on fire by the Holy Spirit and just moved in tremendous ways. And, uh, and sometimes um, that happens a little bit more literally than we were praying for. Um, one of my... Uh, one of my favorite memories of Pentecost Sunday is uh, I was a, a newly ordained um, pastor at, uh, at one of my previous churches, and, uh, and the opportunity for Pentecost came, and, and y'all, we had a bright idea. And you see, all of my bright ideas always lead to some of the most memorable worship services. Um, and it's not because the ideas go according to plan. They're so memorable because all of my bright ideas typically go catastrophically wrong. But they're memorable. <laughs> and so this particular Pentecost Sunday, uh, I got together with my worship team, and we thought, Pentecost, rush of wind, tongues of fire, y'all, we need to go big. We need to make a, an impact and a statement and, and try to really communicate the, the uniqueness of this particular day. And so uh, what better way to, uh, to, to get a congregation on your side than to change everything? We changed the seating for the worship space. We changed the lighting. We changed the music. Um, and, and we thought about uh, you know, ways that we could kind of do the music a little bit more upbeat with a lot of energy. Um, and then we thought, Pentecost, uh, you need a lot of candles. But the way everybody's going to be sitting, we were sitting in a, a big kind of round, and the band and the music was located in the middle of the room. Uh, we thought if we have a lot of candles... Um, they're going to be behind everybody. They're not going to be able to see them if they're on tables or different things like that. We need, we need to lift these candles up. You know what we should do? We need ladders. We need a lot of ladders. And we'll put the candles up on the ladder so everybody will be able to see them, kind of drawing our eyes heavenward in this expression of uh, sort of uh, just adoration of what God is about to do. The flames kind of drawing us towards heaven. Now, we didn't want the ladders to actually look like ladders. So in order to uh, kind of keep the spiritual aesthetic, uh, we had to wrap them in some cloth. Now, now notice I did not say we have to wrap them in some flame retardant cloth. And, and so as, as we came up with this bright idea and didn't, didn't maybe... Think through it as well as maybe we should have. We placed candles on the steps of the ladders, just kind of getting closer and closer to the top, um, not really thinking about the fact that we were increasing a, a lot of heat that was suddenly focused on uh, one focal point of decoration at the top of these ladders. And y'all, we almost got away with it. And by almost, I mean about 35 minutes we got away with it. 
right about the, uh, the time that I was really getting rolling in my sermon, you know, passionately inspired by the Holy Spirit, man, I was just laying it on that day. All of a sudden, uh, I heard the sound of a rushing wind. And that rushing wind going past me was one of the local firefighters that was a member of my church. And, and I followed him with my, with my eyes as, as the wind of him running past. And, and I looked, and uh, what, what had started as a small spark or a small uh, smolder had suddenly just uh, exploded in flame right in front of our eyes, just tongues of fire, just as biblical as you can imagine them, just <laughs> erupting in the worship space. And uh, Tim, without missing a beat, uh, he just kept that same speed and that same passion, uh, that same wind coming behind him, grabbed the entire ladder, just ninja kicked the door open, and just hurled it out into the middle of the parking lot. And then came and just calmly sat back down <laughs> as other worship volunteers went around the space blowing out some of the other candles that remained. And nobody that was paying attention up to that point, they were now fully engaged. <laughs> and I remember that Pentecost. That's one of my favorite memories of Pentecost uh, because of the way that it turned out in kind of a good way. But can you imagine some of the conversations of the people in the worship service that day as they kind of went home maybe that afternoon or the next day? Well, how did church go? Man, it was great. We read about fire coming down from heaven. And man, it just, it just lit up right in the middle of the worship service. By God, the fire of God showed up. But it was okay because the fire department put it out. It was just in that moment that all of a sudden, you never know what's going to happen when the Spirit starts getting involved. <laughs> sometimes the most unpredictable things, sometimes things that we never possibly imagined, maybe sometimes we should have imagined, we should have thought through a little bit later. Even nowadays, when I come into this worship space, anytime that we've got flowers, I always make sure the candle's just, just a couple inches more than maybe we, we would usually do, right? But there's something about Pentecost. There's something about the Holy Spirit when we start really focusing on what it means uh, for God's breath and God's spirit and God's promise, uh, God's advocate and counselor, God's spirit to be with us. Because Pentecost is different than all of the other Sundays that we've had for the last 50 days. So for 50 days, we've been in the season of Easter. And during that season, we've remembered a couple of unique historical events. We remember the resurrection. And we celebrate that in one of the largest worship services that we have this year. And then we kind of bookend that in the closing days of Easter, last week, we have Ascension Sunday. Uh, the Sunday where we remember Christ ascending to heaven, uh, giving the last words of encouragement, giving the last commission, uh, but telling the, the disciples to wait and just be patient and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and then to move you through Jerusalem, through Syria, through the region, to the ends of the earth. So, so Easter and Ascension, these are historical moments that happen. They're days that we look back upon and we remember what happened in that particular moment. But the day of Pentecost, the day that they were waiting for, that they experienced 
close to 2,000 years ago is not just a, a, a day in history, but it was a, a unique experience that still happens even here to this day. It's something that renews. It's something that refreshes. God pouring out God's Spirit was not limited to a day in the past, but it's something that is still alive today. Filling us, reigniting us, sparking our lives, giving us a new breath and a new promise that pours out hope and life in a way that we've never thought possible. You just look at how transformative our lives and our world become when the Spirit of God begins to move within it. Even the disciples, over the 50 days of Easter, they had quite a journey. They went from Easter morning feeling that all of their promises and all their hope were dead to suddenly through those 50 days growing with a new sense of wonder, with a, with a new enthusiasm, but still some questions about what all of this means. They went from waiting, they went from hoping, to all of a sudden on the day of Pentecost, not waiting for anything else, but going and doing. And bringing to life all those things that they had been waiting for. One of the nicknames of the day of Pentecost is the birthday of the church. It's the day that we set forward. It's the day to where we took all those lessons and those promises and those purposes that God told us to start taking to the ends of the world, and we took the first few steps outside of our front doors to begin doing that work. And that spirit is still alive, and it's still stirring, and it's still waking us up and sparking us to life breathing into us the new life and new spirit so that we can go and to be a part of something so much larger, so much more beautiful, so much more consuming, and so much more transformative than anything we've ever imagined before. Now, we as Christians, one of the, one of the foundational beliefs that we have is that we are created in the image of God. And that image of God, uh, we typically think about almost in a physical sense. That if we look around, even in the room, and we see the diversity that we have even in our worship spaces, we, we get a sense that the fullness of the image of God is so much larger than anything we could possibly imagine. We talk about it in terms of mission and outreach. Take uh, our, our feeding ministry at Buck Creek Park. We, uh, we challenge ourselves to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. To physically go and to do the good work of God and be the image of what grace and life look like. And we think about this in a physical sense. And Pentecost is one of the first times that we realize that as Jesus Christ came down to us in a physical way, put on bone and flesh and put on blood and tears and came to live with us in this physical life, Emmanuel, God with us, that Pentecost is the day that God came to us in the invisible way. In the way that is some way that we see at times, but then not always. That we are created in the image of God, which means that we are also wind and flame. That we are also that breath of fresh air. That we are also that warming of hearts. We are that word that comes into hopeless situations. We are that life, that word of encouragement. We are that spark that brings dead and desperate situations back to life. Because now the very God that we've been waiting on to do something. Just last week when the disciples had Jesus about to send up to heaven, they got together and right before Jesus left, their last question to him was, what are you about to do? 
And can you imagine the humor that Jesus must have had within him when he was like, you won't believe what you're about to do. (laughs) This is the day that we don't wait on God to do something anymore. It's the day that God empowers us to go out and to do that work with us. That the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. It lives among us. It lives in us and takes us outside of our doors and our upper rooms and our safe spaces and takes us out into relationships. It takes us into to moments where we don't understand everything that's going on and we don't all have the right words or, or the right tools in that moment, but we go with the one that does. The very Holy Spirit of God. And you never know what's going to happen when the Spirit of God shows up. As we go into this week, we look a little bit deeper. We walk a little bit further. We reach a little bit more than we did before in finding opportunities that we can carry the spirit that we have into the world that needs it so much. Because the spirit didn't come for our lives to be filled and for us to remain the same. The Spirit came that we might experience transformation and be a part of the transformation of the world until the final promise is fulfilled that God has made all things new. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me today? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for the the spark and the breath, the wind and the flame. We give you thanks, Lord, that we can be a part of uh, those of us that have had our hearts warmed, that we have recognized what it means to to have a, a situation and a moment in our life transformed, that we can be a part of doing that for others as well. That, Lord, we can be a part of your purpose and your vision to carry all that you've given us and give it away so abundantly and so powerfully as you first gave it to us. Lord, it begins as we all come into one place, one spirit and one heart, following in your footsteps that we might be a part of your kingdom here in this world. As we pray all these things,